I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. You're listening to the Ramble Room. Right, Ariana? You could have said I do listen to Ramble Room, but you didn't. Fail. On your part. Not really, because I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. It's maybe the best part of this movie. Just kidding. You know what the best part of this movie <laughs> is. <laughs> um, I have a story for you, for everyone. Okay. Which I feel like they, we've kind of talked about, but we didn't really, really talk about it. Um, Like we did, but we didn't. This is specific. Anyway, so there's that birthday of Melissa's that I got her a bunch of cameos. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And we talked about like who all I got for her but we didn't really delve into what all they all said um and i got her one from jeremy sumter who plays oh by the way we're, we watched peter pan if you didn't catch that we the watched 2003 live the action 2003 live peter action pan. which is arguably one of the best live actions aside from scooby-doo in the whole world except for the super offensive native american scene anyway yes but anyway I got Melissa a cameo from Jeremy Sumter, um, and I basically told him that her favorite scene in this movie is when Peter turns pink. It's true. It's and the best scene. In the cameo, he goes, well, I'm, I'm trying not to turn pink right now because I'm a little shy. And I was like, oh my gosh, kill me. Um, but yeah, it was cute. It was a moment. He's still just as cute as ever, He's, too. He, and he sounds kind of the same. Yeah, his voice is like, pretty much just, it's a little lower now. I would... I would have to say yeah. yes, but he's also but, probably like 30 now. <laughs> yeah, but, but he's yeah. still adorable. Still cute as a button. Just a, a regular old button. Yeah. Um, okay, so I am going to do the one-sentence pitch here. Now, since this isn't on Disney+, Plus, I'm just going off the IMDb one-sentence here, so let's let's do this. The Darling family children receive a visit from Peter Pan, who takes them to Never Never Land, okay. where an ongoing war with the evil Captain Hook is taking place. This movie, Has I have to say... one of soundtracks. Exactly. It's one of my favorite soundtracks in also, the movie. Also, Hook, fine as hell. Yeah, Jason Isaacs as Hook is... Uh, oh, Lord. He's so attractive. Rip my face And as off. a child, you know, you're like, oh, Jer Peter Pan's so Jerry's cute. But as an adult, you're like, oh <laughs> my gosh, Hook. Jason Isaacs as Captain, Captain Hook. Captain Hook got a little some some going on. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Not as Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> um, yeah, not a no, fan of the blonde. I'm not a fan of the blonde, the blonde long, long straight hair, in which he's just constantly looking down at you. But Hook, yeah. all disheveled with his curly hair, he looks mm -hmm. great. Also. Um, Hook is very depressing. So is Peter. Like, they are very sad characters. Yeah. The thing I think that we were talking about this, the thing that I think we like about this movie particularly is that it kind of deals with some deeper themes. And it like reminds kidnapping. me. Well, <laughs> kidnapping, losing your children, um, not wanting to grow up, but also, like, what you miss out on when you don't grow up. Like, all... All of these things that are, are wonderful that I would say in most Peter Pan adaptations you don't delve into as much. However, Hook, in kind of an opposite way, also deals with the deep theme of like remembering your inner child. And, uh, and that's great as well. But I, I think yeah. other than Hook, this one deals with some 
fairly deep themes, which yeah. I like. Yeah. Because if you watch a cartoon, you're not really delving into those things. No. And I, I remember I hated the cartoon as a kid. Yeah, it's because <clears throat> Peter Peter's Pan creepy. sucks. And I just uh, And then we have like the, the play, play on DVD, and I hated that too. Yeah, I used to watch the play a lot, actually. I know you did. Um, I don't know why. It bothered me. And then I was in the play. Oh, there's a story. I was well, in Peter yeah. Pan. You played- I played Nana the dog. <laughs> And yeah. then my senior year, the kid who played John asked me to homecoming, and we went together, and my homecoming dress was Peter Pan themed. That's cute. Yeah. So That's anyway. super cute. Okay, well, let's get into the movie. Let's, we've, let's get into it. This is also a movie of, like, our, our childhood, so yeah, we watched this nostalgic. movie a lot. We watched this probably too much. Yeah. If you asked our parents. That's true. Although, if you asked our parents, they'd probably tell you we watched the same movies, like, the same three movies over and over again. Yeah. That's this Matilda. True. I don't know. We watched a lot of movies, though. Yeah, you're when right. When I think about it. I don't know how we had time. I, I we don't still either. watch a lot of movies. Yeah, it's true. Um, so multitasking. This movie starts with, you know, a uh, narrator. A British voice. A British woman going, uh, I don't know what she says, but. Something about like, every children. child. <laughs> yeah. Every child grows up except one. It's like. The yeah. classic beginning yeah, yeah, to yeah. Peter Pan. But explaining what Peter is. Who but Peter I do is. like her voice as the narrator. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's supposed to be Wendy as oh, an adult. Oh, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Which is a deleted scene. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, first, you know, we kind of get this overview of the family, the Darling family. There's They're Michael, Darling. Michael, John, and Wendy are the kids. And then Mary Darling and John Darling are mom and dad. There's also Aunt Millicent. I don't believe she's a character in the play, is she? Like in the no. original book or play? Nope. Okay. So she's it's like an Nana added character. Dog. Yeah, and then Nana the dog. So we get a rundown of like the dad is not the most social person, but in order in you. this yeah, and in this time period, uh being you have social to network. Yeah, you gotta network and being social is is currency. So he's kind of having a rough time, and Mary is gorgeous, and so she kind of makes up for his lack of social skills because everyone, like, flocks towards her beauty. Literally perfect. I love her. So want to be her someday. <laughs> so there's one day, like, we also know that Wendy tells John and Michael stories all the time. Like, she'll yes. make up stories. Or she'll, she'll, she tells interesting versions of stories where it's, like, Cinderella, but she makes Cinderella like a pirate. Yeah. And, like, you know, Cinderella's doing... Um, sword fight <laughs> like every time she tells a princess story it's but don't worry cinderella kicks ass <laughs> like, yeah like she she, she likes kills more blood uh, pirate she likes a more reactive rather than a passive main character so yes. all of her princesses are beating people up which and john and michael love those iconic stories. they're also being raised by the dog nana mm-hmm. she's their their uh, nanny and um <laughs> which i think is such a funny plotline in general but the fact that a dog is <laughs> helping them <laughs> well raise and can the i kids. just say being a, a little girl and being cast as nana the dog yeah wild um because nana in the play has lines yeah and so you have to woof them out <laughs> and being 10 years old and being told you gotta sound more like a dog ariana <laughs> okay 
And then we did the whole thing. And then kids would come up to me after the play and they were like, oh my gosh, it's the dog. And I'm like, I'm a human, folks. But whatever. Had the most time in the makeup chair for sure. <laughs> yeah. So Aunt Millicent comes and visits them. She ends up telling Wendy that uh, she sees that she has the kiss on her chin, which is this whole thing in this movie, which it's not a real thing, but they talk about how when a when a young girl gets her like kiss on her chin or in the corner of her mouth, she needs to leave the nursery. Yeah, she needs to leave the nursery because it's time for her to become a woman. And like Wendy's thirteen, like for God's sakes, calm down. But Aunt Millicent is like, she needs to move out of the nursery immediately, and we need to start her on like etiquette lessons and things. So. Now, this is something that I find interesting because it's an, another thing that I don't think is delved into in any other version where, like, Wendy now has to face growing up and she doesn't want to. So there's this desire to go to Neverland. And I don't remember that being in the cartoon, do you? Or the play where, like, it's, no. to me, it's like Peter just comes in and whisks the kids away. Yeah, there's not, like, this desire for her to stay back yeah, it's not in like, the nursery. Yeah. And there's also no desire, like... In this movie, they make it so Peter has the desire to grow up because yeah. of Wendy. Like, he sees Wendy wanting to grow up, and he's like, oh, I want to, too, but I can't because, because I'm... Yeah, it's like this transition period of I have these feelings for someone, and if I explore them, it's forcing me to grow up and mature. And so it's like he is at a crossroads of whether he would want to explore those feelings or decide to stay young forever and not deal with those feelings yeah so uh yeah so wendy's you know they're planning on getting her out of the nursery and she's visited by peter and peter creepily like watches over her bed while she sleeps like a weirdo pervert well because what at this time he's what 50 <laughs> yeah, yeah who knows how old he actually is how long he's been around it's like the vampire situation yeah <laughs> i don't know that i can get behind it or tuck everlasting yeah where he's like i'm, I'm a, a thousand years old and i'm, I'm falling in love with a 16 year old i'm 104 and she's like but um, i look great don't i airy she's like 14 in that movie remember she's not oh yeah she's winnie. Young. winnie is young. winnie is like four she's supposed right. to be 14 still 15. either way mel it's still gross <laughs> i know it is but i've been living for fifty thousand years <laughs> let's run away together so, yeah, she's visited by Peter, and then she ends up drawing, like, a picture of him mm-hmm. doodling in during class. class, yeah. And she gets in trouble for, first of all, drawing and not paying attention. But drawing a boy in her bed. <laughs> yeah, because the teacher goes, who is this? And she goes, that's me in my bed. And then she's like, and who is this above you? And she's like, a boy. A boy. And the teacher's very concerned. The, the teacher's like, um, <laughs> someone get her And it's like, out. excuse me. First of all, she's a 13-year-old girl. She can doodle her fantasies if she fucking wants, okay? And second of all, he's floating above the bed. <laughs> he's not in the bed with her or on top of her in the yeah. picture. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, she thinks she's going to get in trouble because the teacher's writing a letter to her dad being like, uh, mm-hmm. your daughter was doodling in class and she drew a boy it's in her bed. Fantasies. So she's freaking out. She runs to her dad's work. Um, to stop the messenger boy. And in that process, Nana's with them. Well, because Nana is chasing after... Nana's chasing after Wendy. Right. Because Nana is trying to stop Wendy from ruining anything. Yeah. But in doing so, because Nana's a dog, Nana slides and causes chaos in the bank where the dad works while the dad is trying to have small talk, which they 
explicitly say he's bad at. <laughs> yeah. And then there's an explosion of papers. And then we cut to the dad is fucking pissed. And he's, and he's like, like, a dog is not a nurse. And he rips off Nana's bonnet. And, and everyone really is depressing. like shocked. I remember as a kid, I was like, you that's rude the, ass. Okay, that's the other thing. Then there's a shot of Nana out in the fucking snow in the cold tied out. With no house. There's no nothing. House. And I was like, excuse me. Uh, someone call Animal Protective Services. <laughs> Get so- this dog home. <laughs> And the mom need to like, save the it's dog. Your father. Yeah, the mom's no. like making excuses for them. And then yeah, so we go to like whatever next night this is, and mom and dad are going out for like a social outing because yep. dad's gotta get his shit together. Well, after that fiasco, he's gotta prove himself, I guess. <laughs> and then mom, you know, she's tucking in the kids, and they're talking about how their dad isn't brave, and she says, "No, your father's very brave." Uh, she talks about. It's a very, like, philosophical thing where she says every night he has a drawer full of his dreams that he closes. Mm. It's very sad. Yeah, it's very sad. She's like, he closes this drawer of dreams and it gets harder and harder every time. But he does it so that he can provide for his family. And that's why he's brave. And that's why he's brave. Which I will say this this movie has quite a few liner, like, one-liners that just really, like, the older you get, the more... (laughs) Oh, it, it hits you. It's, it's Yeah, that's painful. what I'm saying. There's some deep themes in this mm-hmm. movie. So, <laughs> like, um, Peter goes from saying to die would be an awfully big adventure to saying to live would be an awfully big adventure. Yeah. And tell me that doesn't which, make you want to weep I know, which right is now. A, a great character arc in itself. <sighs> it is. I think maybe that's why it's good is because Peter himself has a character arc. Yeah, instead of just being like, I'm going to be a little boy. Yeah. Ever, ever. <laughs> in, the, in the play and in the cartoon, like... He's just a stagnant child. He's just a mm-hmm. kid the whole time, and he just wants oh, to have I'm fun. I'm just a kid! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Peter ends up visiting them again when the parents are out, and Wendy ends up waking up and talking to him because his shadow got separated from him. Yes, and, the, last um, time, the last time he visited, it got, got caught in the window. Yeah, so he got separated from his shadow. So he's trying to sew his shadow back on him or, like, get it back on and then and he's wendy wakes soap? up yeah i don't he's know like what using, he's maybe it's wax maybe i don't know what he's running about. but wendy offers to sew it onto his foot so she does that his shadow gets reattached and then sure they're kind of like wendy's trying to flirt with peter because she thinks Same. he's cute and <laughs> and she says something like uh i'm trying to remember she says i would like to give you a kiss, a kiss. and he's like okay and then, and then he, hand, he holds out his hand. And she gives him a thimble. Yes. And then and he goes, he oh, well, it. I should give you something, too. And he takes off an acorn. And he's like, and he gives it to her. Well, because he says, well, then I guess I should give you a kiss. And then Wendy closes her eyes. Thinking Which he's is going stupid. To kiss her. Why would, if why he, would he know, think that that was a, a kiss? Yeah, why was she confused by his response? Because he clearly doesn't know what a kiss is. Yeah, and then she puts it around a chain and wears it as a necklace. It's very cute. Yeah. And then she goes, I would like to give you a thimble. And then when they're about to kiss, Tinkerbell comes in and yanks her hair. Yanks her hair. And Tinkerbell's always been a jealous character, even but in the cartoon. My, here's my question. How old is Tinkerbell? Who knows? In correlation to peter because that's also creepy that's why they think about it well that's why in hook it's like oh i guess i do ship peter pan and tinkerbell because it's julia roberts and robin williams that's like oh okay that makes sense (laughs) but but still he was a little boy at one point it's like weird um so then um wendy ends up 
waking up her brothers because Peter offers to take her to Neverland. And he wants her to come with him to tell all the lost boys her stories. Because he's like, I can't tell them as well as you. Yeah. So she ends up waking up her brothers and Peter's like, okay, I guess they can come. <laughs> and he teaches them how to fly just like in every, just like in the story that you know. However, it's a lot quicker in this. Well, yeah. Because, you he's know, like, in, the, in the cartoon, there's a whole song. Yeah. Think of a wonderful thought. Yeah. Screw off. So then... You think of happy thoughts mixed with some fairy and dust. And it lifts you in the air! Yeah, mixed with fairy dust, and you're flying like nobody's business. And I will say, I do like the um, them flying, and he's like, grab onto my foot. And he's like, pass it on. And then when they're like going like warp speed, crazy. As a kid, I was like, whoa. <laughs> you're so stupid. I'm, sure, I'm surprised they didn't like uh, run into Xenon up there. This is a Disney movie, not a Disney Channel movie. Wah, Besides wah. the fact that no Disney Channel movie is canon with the others, I don't think. Could you imagine? Yeah, it's true. So, except for like, like it was a you, sequel, like you said, they end up flying out of their warp speed. But before that, like again, Peter and Wendy have this conversation at the window before they leave, and she's like debating whether she wants to leave the nursery mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, and like, and he says something like. Forget it. Forget them all. We can fly away and never, never come back. And she says something like, never is an awfully long time. Mm-hmm. And then they fly off, which is, you know, that'll be a theme that comes back because she eventually comes back home. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, Peter had a, a bit of a different upbringing. Like, he was an orphan. You know what I mean? Whereas, or at least it's insinuated that he, he was. Well, the story is that he... Is in his. He runs away. He's not an orphan. It's the just the Lost Boys are orphans. Some of them. I think Peter is also technically like a kidnapper because he gets lonely at Neverland, so he takes boys with him who want to run away. That's wild. The whole story in the play is that Peter is in his pram in his stroller as like I'm gonna say a two year old, which begs begs the question: How was he? How did he grow up? He'd, like, come back for extended periods of time and then go back to Neverland? Because Tinkerbell is the one that comes and gets him. Technically, Tinkerbell is the kidnapper. Because he wants to run away because he overhears his mother talking to another mom at a park while he's in his stroller about him growing up. And then Peter has a thought of, I don't want to grow up. So He, he could have just held on to that thought while growing up and then ran away when he was old enough. I guess, but I'm pretty sure the original story is like Tinkerbell takes him to Neverland. Because I guess she goes searching for... As an infant? Yeah, he's like a two-year-old or something. Then how did he continue to grow? He grows like a month every time he flies back? That's what I'm saying. That doesn't make sense, Mel. But that's in the play. That is not even in this movie. That's what I'm saying. Anyway. I'm willing to say that she doesn't take him when he was two. Or maybe she visits when he's two. He runs away. Not when he's two years old. He runs There's away. There's no way, Melissa. There's a whole thing. Two-year-olds can't even walk, Mel. Yes, they can. Some of them can. Most two-year-olds, if you're two years old, you're usually walking. Some of them. Are can. you insane? Okay, but no two-year-old is, has a, a, a like a brain powerful enough to understand. I'm looking it up, Ariana. Growing up and not wanting to grow up. I'm looking up the original play, and I will tell you. What happens? Good. While you're doing that, they arrive in Neverland, 
and then the weather is the weather freezing changes. cold. Yeah, so as soon as Peter enters Neverland, the weather changes, which then begs the question, how long was Peter gone for before he got Wendy and them? Yeah. And then we get Smee's iconic line of, the flies are starting to melt. The flowers are starting to bloom. And then he says something like, uh, the sun is shining. Yeah, and then Hook goes, he's back. Yeah, they're like, Pan is back. So Hook, you know the whole story. If if you know Peter Pan or are familiar with it. He's Hook got and, a hook for a hand. Because Peter and him got into one of their typical fights. And he cut off his hand. And fed it to an alligator. Fed it to an alligator that had a clock in his tummy. I'm sorry, a crocodile. We should... He fed it to a crock, a clock and crock, a crocodile. <laughs> Melissa's not laughing nearly as hard as she should be. I'm trying to read the Peter Pan play. The PPP? Yeah, the P cubed. Ew, cubed P? You know, interestingly, in the play it says he's distrusting of mothers because of his own relationship with his mother. Which makes sense why... Later in this movie, he has that whole fight at the window with the mom of, like, you can't have them. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's very distrusting of mothers. Okay, this is what it says. It says, Peter Pan ran away from his parents when he was a baby, as told in Peter Pan in Kensington Gardens, which is a previous short story. Finding the window closed and seeing a new baby boy in the house when he returned sometime later... He believed his parents no longer wanted him and never came back. A baby. That, that How do you run away as a baby? That doesn't exactly. make sense. I don't know. But Who this wrote Peter a- Pan? J.M. Barry. J.M. Barry, screw you. You make no sense. You're a fool. Here, here. It says Peter is a seven-day-old infant. No. Who, like no. all... No, listen. No. Like all infants, used to be part bird. Oh, this is, he was on drugs. Peter has complete faith in his flying abilities, so upon hearing a discussion of his adult life, I'm assuming it was his mom talking about it, he's able to escape out of the window by flying away. Okay, so he was drugged up. He was on coke. Or heroin. Or acid. It, and I think it says of something course, like... Of course, you know, let's explain it away by, as we all know, newborns are part bird because <laughs> they come from storks. It says... Um, <laughs> That's so stupid. It says something he like... He was seven days old when he heard his mother. No! At seven days old, you're not remembering that. The logic is not sound. He, he ends up returning to the gardens um, that he... F- Flew away from or something. Is that why the garden, there's that garden in New York, the Peter Pan statue or whatever? Or no, it's in London. What am I talking about? New York? It's Kensington Gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says he has like a conversation with a crow and the crow is like, you're not a fucking bird. And then Peter's like, what the fuck? I can't fly. And he feels stranded at Kensington Gardens. He can only get around. How old is he? I don't know. This now, apparently he's old enough to walk now. It says Peter can only get around on foot, but he commissions the building of a child-sized thrush's nest that he can use as a boat to navigate the gardens by way of the large lake that divides the gardens from the park. Although he terrifies the fairies when he first arrives, Peter quickly gains favor with them. He amuses them with his human ways and agrees to play the panpipes at the fairy dances. I will say they do include the pan flute. Yeah, well that's why he's Peter Pan. The fairies reluctantly help him to fly home, where he finds his mother is asleep in his old bedroom. Peter feels guilty for leaving his mother, mostly because he believes she misses him terribly. 
He considers returning to live with her, but first decides to go back to the gardens to say his last goodbyes. Peter stays too long in the gardens. When he uses his second wish to go home permanently, he's devastated to learn that in his absence, his mother has given birth to another boy she can love. I'm sorry. Hold the phone. You're telling me this whole time that I didn't know his name was Peter Pan because he played the pan flute? <laughs> I literally just read a whole fucking paragraph about the origins of Peter and you're like, pan flute? That's why they call him Peter Pan? Yeah. You're telling me his full name wasn't Peter Pan before? I doubt it. So he was, so he was his nickname. So he was Peter Pumperninkle Probably or like something. Peter Darling. Peter Billingsley, which is, I believe, the actor who plays Charlie in the original Willy Wonka. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so we get to Neverland. Peter Pan is because of Pan Flute. That's insane. If you didn't know that, you're not alone. Okay, we, we meet the Lost Boys because the kids end up getting separated. And we meet three of the cutest Lost Boys in the whole world. A cannon gets shot into the clouds that Wendy, John, Michael, and Peter are hanging out on. Mm-hmm. And they all get separated. So John and Michael are hanging from a tree somewhere in the woods. and With then, their butts out. <laughs> yeah, with their butts out. Wendy falls another area and she ends up falling near the Lost Boys who kind of huddle around her and think she's dead. Or no. 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 I'm sorry. She goes flying. She goes soaring yeah, like a right. bird. You're right. And Tinkerbell sees, goes and flies as quickly as she can to the Lost Boys and basically tells them that Peter wants them to shoot the Wendy bird. And they see Wendy flying towards them. And That's so right. then they all, arrows at the ready. And they shoot their arrows and shoot That's her right. down. And they're like, oh, we did it. We did it. We did it. And then Peter arrives at the scene. And Wendy's been murdered. And Wendy, to everybody's knowledge, has been absolutely obliterated by an arrow. Yeah, right. Um, And he's like, who did this? And then uh, the one kid, he he (laughs) is one of my favorite lines. He pulls down his shirt and he goes, it was me, Peter. Strike. Strike true. (laughs) Because he's like, I killed her, so you have to kill me. I also, my favorite of the Lost Boys is Slightly, and he's always been my favorite because he's got the funniest lines. When Slightly he, is great. I also really like the twins with the raccoon hats. Yeah, they're so <laughs> they're cute. They're really cute. So, yeah, because there's a whole part where Peter comes up to Wendy, who lo- appears to be dead, and, and Slightly goes, she's dead. Tragic. And then he, <laughs> he says something like, good shot, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, strike, Peter. Strike, true. <laughs> so then... They find out that she's still live. She's still alive, and because that, of his kiss, right? The little acorn necklace that she has on protected her. Um, and then they, the Lost Boys, the little twins, they tell Peter they're like, Tink did it. Like Tink's the one who told us. And then Peter's upset with Peter. Tink. Banishes her. He banishes her from the Lost Which, Boys treehouse. What kind of monarchy? <laughs> And this then, is a dictatorship, really. Then they end up building a house around Wendy, and when she wakes up, she comes out of there, and the Lost Boys asks if she'll be their mother. And she's like, of course I'll be your mother. And it's like, I'm only a year older than you, but sure. So Peter likes me, so what? They take her to their, you know, Lost Boys treehouse, and... I mean, it's kind of the, they're playing house, which is yeah. what every kid did during recess. Yeah. I do have a quick question for you, though. How long do you think they were in the nursery or the they were gone from the nursery like how many days i'm gonna say weeks okay how many weeks because the time in neverland is different than the time in well obviously the actual world but how many weeks would you think would you then if you could venture a guess 
I'll say they were gone for a month. Okay, and my second part to that question. Do you think they lived a month longer than they would have because they were stuck they were in Neverland for a month? Yeah, probably. You don't age there. Right. Meaning- so they got to live a longer life because of Peter, and that's all I have to say. Just saying. Yeah, but he's Peter, not all bad. But Peter's <laughs> yeah, but Peter's never going to die. Well, yeah. And if you don't have death, then you can't really have life. That's just how it goes, unfortunately. If you couldn't die, what's the point of living if you're just going to continue to live all the time? God, I'm already exhausted and I'm only 23, so I can't imagine wanting okay, to live well, forever. While they're playing house, Wendy realizes that her brothers are missing finally and it's been like 800 West, hours. John and Michael and Peter's like, who the fuck are they? He's already forgotten. Yeah, he's like, who? So then he goes to the mermaids for intel and, you know. The mermaids in the cartoon? Very Ariel-esque. Right. The mermaids in this? Very Harry Potter-esque. Creepy as hell. Yeah. Webbed fingers. Yeah, I like the mermaids in this. They're, yeah. They're kind of mean. They're more realistic. You can't trust them. So they're like a siren. Yeah. It's very, yeah, you're right. It's much more like a Greek kind of character. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's getting information from them. and By clicking. They try to, like, attack Wendy, but he protects her. He hisses at them, and that scares them, apparently. <laughs> yeah, the mermaids are but also part cat. But if a little boy cat. hissed at me, I'd go, shut up. <laughs> the mermaids are part cat, and they, they swim away, but he got his intel. So, you know, during this time, we also got a flash of John and Michael, and they met Tiger Lily, who's another yep. famous Peter Pan character. And... Throughout the movie, John and Tiger Lily kind of got a have thing. A, they've kind of got a little thing Which going on. Which I was kind of a fan of Tiger Lily and Peter Pan more than I was of John and Tiger Lily. <laughs> Especially since they're the two, like... They're going to stay the same age forever. <laughs> yeah, and they're the only, probably the only kids around their age who are, like, hanging out other than the Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So... It's weird. They go to this castle that Hook has basically captured Tiger Lily, John and Michael at. And then we get... Kind of, I don't know. We get a whole scene of Peter is up. On we learned that ground. Peter is an absolute beast at a hook impression. He, well, like, he's just a good impersonator. He does a great hook impression, um, and he convinces Smee to let them all go. Pretty yeah. much. And then Hook comes, the real Hook comes by and is like, "Smee, where are the kids?" And he's like, "Oh, no way, Captain. We let him go." <laughs> and he's the like, other thing. He goes, Watch. In this movie, Smee is it's hilarious. He's hilarious, and he's constantly breaking the fourth wall by looking directly at the camera and mm-hmm. talking to us. Like, well, wasn't Honestly, that weird? The pirates are very <laughs> funny in this movie. They are. They're funny, except for Hook. He's Hook's kind of scary. Man. He's evil, but he's hot. So yeah, <laughs> we love a bad boy. <laughs> so, so while they're escaping, um, Peter's messing with Hook. And he's telling him that, you know, he's a codfish and blah, blah, blah. And Hook is like, okay, I know this is Are Peter. Are you animal? Mineral? Man? No! Yeah, Boy? Peter, yes! Peter's very offended when he mentions man. Hook knows Peter's weaknesses. It's a good, uh-huh. it's a good, that's the thing. It's a good dynamic. In, the, in this movie, they, I said to Ariana, they make it a lot more like, Hook is genuinely like, knows Peter's weaknesses, and it's not just, oh, Peter's this fun-loving kid, and that's why he always gets the best of Hook. It's mm-hmm. like, no, they both know each other's weaknesses, and that's yeah. why they're good adversaries or I, I said, we were talking about, I said, P- Peter and Hook are actually very similar characters. Like, they could be the same person, um, 
<clears throat> they both have a desire to live forever, uh -huh. right? And, like, because, like, at the end of it, the thing that really gets Hook is realizing that he's old, alone, done for. Like, those <laughs> are the, the three things that, like, knock, kill him, really. Um, and I think that that is kind of, after meeting Wendy, probably what Peter feels. Yeah. That he will be young, alone, and done for for, like, the rest of his days, which is sad. Yeah. So then... They're both depressed. They're all... They've all gotten onto a boat to escape, but Peter stayed behind because he's fighting Hook. Hook has him, like, up against a rock, and he's got, In a like, hard place. <laughs> and he's got his hook, like, up to his neck, and he says the line, you shall die, and then Peter says, to die would be an awfully big adventure. Um, and then the crocodile comes by, and Hook is distracted and terrified. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, he, if I heard a ticking crocodile that had already eaten my hand once, I'm not going to risk sticking around for him to eat my foot or my other hand. It's true. And, you know, we were talking. We said that the reason that the effects, the special effects on this movie actually don't look that terrible is because everything's mostly in the dark in Neverland. Mm -hmm. Like, and most of the daytime stuff, it's just like maybe Tinkerbell being animated. Yeah. And she's not animated. She's like a CG kind of placement of the actress playing Tinkerbell. You know what I mean? Other than that, I mean, there's the green screen of background, but like actual special but CGI. But even that effects. is not, it's not terrible. No. <clears throat> For being as old as it is. I know. It's, it'll be 20 years old this Ew. year. Stop. Coming up. Stop talking. <laughs> so, um, then we get a really offensive scene <laughs> where... They go back to Tiger Lily's tribe and... And Slightly is... I don't know. They, he's they're like, like translating they're what's happening. They're sewing up Michael's broken teddy bear. So the bear is a warrior. It's a weird thing. It's extremely offensive. Very. And then the next scene is Peter and Wendy dancing with the fairies. And... Um, Which is a beautiful scene. It's a beautiful scene. And they're like up in the air dancing and Hook ends up spying on them. And I think this is when he realizes that Peter is starting to have feelings that he yes. can use against him. Well, and he also, this is when when Hook kind of joins forces with Tinkerbell. Yeah, because Tinkerbell's also sad. Mm -hmm. And he, he, Hook is realizing Tinkerbell has a weakness. And Peter, and has, Peter a weakness. has a weakness. So he can use manipulate him. And use that to his advantage. Hello, my name is Joseph Trude, but you can just call me Trude. And I'm Trudy. And you are listening to QVC, HSN, NBC, ABC, the EFJ. And today I have a great product for you, fresh off the market, hot off the butt. It is here, it is now, it is ready for purchasing. Did you just say hot off the butt? Absolutely. What the fuck does like that mean? Like diarrhea. I'm sorry, what? You're talking about lava-like things coming out of your asshole right now? Absolutely, it, because it is coming out right now. I wouldn't describe that as fresh. That's not it's fresh. fresh. It is fresh if it's coming out right now. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's fresh poop. No. Yes. No. Yes. The whole point is that it's gone, you've taken in something fresh, and it's gone through a digestive system, and it's no longer fresh now. Right, but originally, whatever you took in came out of something else. No. It's the circle of life. Reduce, no. reuse, recycle. The product today oh is wireless chargers. 
What the fuck is that? It's a charger that you put phones on, and it charges without having to put cord in the little hole. I know what a charger is, you idiot. I'm asking what do you mean wireless? I'm s- I said without putting anything in the hole to charge. Um, okay. I'm just saying anytime I've needed to charge something, it usually requires something being plugged in a hole. You know what I'm saying? When you go to bed, you plug something in a hole? I'm saying in order to charge something, there's a hole, it's got to be plugged in. Since when has there never been a need for plugs? Well, okay, there is a plug. Like, the the wi- the charger, you plug into wall. Well, but, then that's but not you fucking wireless. You don't pl- plug your phone into charger. You just put your phone on charge. Okay, well, when is there going to be a charger that doesn't require being plugged into anything? There then I'll prob- believe it's there wireless. There probably is, a, but it's um, like a case. You have to put the case on. We don't have those. We just have the wireless chargers. You know what would be cool is if it was a case, but it's solar paneled. So, like... I'm sure f- there's probably some tech person who's cool? coming up with one of those. Probably. There's probably one that works off water, too. There's probably one that works off wind. No, not water yes. and wind. Just yes. the sun, because of solar panels. You got a solar there's, panel on the There's back wind of mills, you doof. And that way, it doesn't wind matter Wind mills create power from the wind. Will you just listen to me? No, because you're telling me that there's. it's not possible to do the wind and the water. Yes, it is. Because people do it. The, Okay, but think about this. Hold on, just listen to me. Remember how you, like, put your phone out and it's out in the sun for too long, it gets overheated? Yes. Well, what if you designed it so that even if it is overheated, that's a good thing because it's charging your phone? Well, keeping your phone at 100% charged for too long is not good for the phone either. Why? It uh, overworks the battery. Well, that just seems, that seems wrong. So what, I'm supposed to keep my phone at 69%? No, well, if you want to be funny, yes, but uh, like why is that 90, funny? 95%, 80% is recommended, I believe. Which is why it says optimize battery life when you plug your phone in. It tells you when it'll be done charging because if you leave it charged for too long, it never works out because you always go to bed, plug it in, and it's like, it'll be ready at 4 a.m. Who's getting up at 4 a.m. just to unplug their phone? Psychopaths. But that's not I what I'm saying. I was just going to say me, but I guess you're right then, since I am one. Exactly. But anyway. Okay, well, um, what? how, how much are these stupid things anyway? Oh, they're quite Why cheap. Why are we selling it? Oh, because we have them. Oh. Janae's the one who told us we had to sell it. Fucking Janae. She can't... You can't... You can't promote something that's wireless and it's got a wire sticking out of it. I just... You can't do that. It's wireless for your phone. It's not wireless for the wall. I don't know how you would promote that then. It's a wireless charger for your phone. I I don't consider that wireless, but okay. How much is it? It's quite cheap. That's not a good enough answer. I need numbers. Numerical... Okay. Things. It's six cents. Six cents. But like the chi- six the- pennies. Yes, but the the shipping is like fifty thousand billion dollars, so it makes it worth it. You know what I mean? Like six cents is a lot to ask, but when you add on the shipping, it's not that bad. I mean, maybe if it was like ten cents, then I think that's a little more reasonable. But six cents? I know it's very expensive. And I gotta go digging through my fucking cup holder in my car to find six cents for that? I gotta go pop out the plug in my piggy bank. You see, piggy banks need plugs, holes need plugs, plugs, holes. I I don't understand the wireless thing. I can't, Trudy. Well, you have have wireless headphones. 
You get rid of one of your plugs for your holes already. But they don't. Those still go into holes to charge. Don't you think that those right. headphones and go the into actual, holes? And the actual wireless charger still goes into the outlet holes. Exactly. You still have to plug in the wireless little case because that thing's got to charge. It doesn't run forever. You understand me? This is well, what I mean by nothing is actually wireless because everything still needs to be fucking charged. Now, if, if it was like a battery, sure. But batteries sometimes need to be charged. Okay, but what if it's like batteries that run way longer? You don't have to charge Eventually, it every night. Eventually, you'll have to charge. Exactly, which is fine. But you'll be replacing the batteries less often than you do to plug in your phone to charge it. Okay, you know well, you I mean? get a small enough battery that has that much charge, and then we can talk about it. Exactly. I'm sure they're going to invent so it at some you point. You guys can get this at um, Drude. Dot Trudy. No, Drudy Trudy dot shop. Right, Drudy Trudy dot shop. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, back to the podcast. We're back. Maybe. (laughs) We've been having technical difficulties for the past 15 minutes. So we're going to try and get through this as fast as we possibly can, just in case it crashes. I don't know. I think it's fine now. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Maybe we need to delete some old files, eh? No. It was something with that. All right, cool. Must have hit a button last time. Anyway. Hey, so during the fairy dance scene, (laughs) (laughs) um, Wendy and Peter have this conversation where Wendy's trying to get him to open up about feelings, and he starts freaking out, and he doesn't like where the conversation's going. And she starts questioning him and saying, don't you have any feelings at all? And she starts listing out things like jealousy. And he says, tink. Mm-hmm. And she says, anger. And he goes, anger, uh, hook. Like, he associates people with different emotions. And then she says, love. And he says, love. And that really freaks him out. She, she says something like, well, you must have felt love for something or someone. And um, he's like, no, you're not going to... You're not going to catch me with with this. Um, catch me outside. <laughs> and then he, he gets upset at her, and she's getting upset. He he says there's nothing more out there in life. Yeah. And she says, but there is, Peter. There's so much more. And I think this is kind of Wendy's decision. To go back. Yeah, it's it, she's already realizing that she does want to grow up, and she does want to feel all those things and discover more about life. And uh, Peter, yeah, Peter runs away, and so does Wendy. She runs away crying. And then Hook, who is with Tink overhearing all this, they hatch a plan. They hatch a plan? They hatch a plan. And Wendy wakes up, and the pirates are outside her tent, and they basically take her to his ship, right? Yeah. And Hook has this whole conversation where he's like, I'd like you to be my accomplice, Haven't you always wanted to be a pirate? And she goes, yes, I've always had this alter ego, red-handed Jill. He's like, perfect. So he kind of recruits her, fake recruits her. Yeah. um, To get her on his side so that they can... um, He's trying to get the location of the Lost Boys treehouse because he doesn't know where that is, and that's how he's got to find Peter. Right, because he knows that Peter will feel like most safe at the Lost Boys treehouse. Yeah. So Wendy kind of sells them out. She goes, she goes back to the Lost Boys. They're, you know, having play dinner. And then 
she asks John and Michael, who are your mother and father? And then they go, you and Peter, you're our mother and father. And she realizes that they've already forgotten their parents. And um, we missed that before this, Peter had gone back to the Darling's house and he sees the mother who is just kind of like sitting by the window waiting for her kids to come back. Well, she falls asleep. Right. But she's staying in that room mm-hmm. in hopes that the kids will come back and she'll be there. And he says something like, we can't have her both, lady. And then yeah. they fight over the window and finally he flies away. So he's already realizing that I think he's got this feeling of guilt that he took these kids away from their parents. Well, and he's <laughs> realizing that based on that story, the original story, yeah. he's realizing that not all parents replace their kids. Yeah. Which I wouldn't say that he was replaced. Right. <laughs> I would say he was an only child. I Like, yeah. the situation is d- very different. Like, the darlings are very clearly done having kids. Yeah. Whereas Peter's mom, he was an infant when he left. Yeah, she was young. Yeah. So. And you move on in life. You have to. Yeah. You can't hold on to what ifs forever. Yeah. So, then... um. Peter and Wendy get into kind of another fight in front of the Lost Boys. And she convinces all of the Lost Boys that they need to go home. Mm-hmm. And then all of the Lost Boys are like, can we go with her? And Peter's like, if you wish it. And he's like really pissed off and he flies away again. It's not nearly as good as as you wish, but. <laughs> so they're all getting ready to leave, but then they get kidnapped by the pirates. Yes. So now they're taken to the ship and Peter's by himself at the Lost Boys treehouse. Playing pan flute. Yep, playing Hence the name. <laughs> yeah. And Tinkerbell has been, like, helping Hook, but she knows his plan is to poison Peter. And she's starting to feel bad. Yeah. Because and Peter really was her only friend for the longest time. Yeah. And so Peter makes this concoction, and I think he, like, kills a fairy so he can make it, right? Yeah. He makes this concoction of poison and sets it down near where Peter's sleeping he, like, puts it in his little cup that he had, which is supposed to be his quote-unquote medicine. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up drinking it, but before he does, Tinkerbell is able to fly in and save him, yep. and she drinks the poison. So she's dying, and instead of clapping his hands like you do in the play, Peter starts chanting, I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. And then this causes, like, the skies to part with thunder and everyone on the boat just automatically knows that they're also supposed to be chanting i do believe in fairies yeah because and everyone in the world starts chanting it like literally their aunt is in the bathtub i do believe in fairies i do everyone in london is singing this song and the other children are asleep singing it yeah the other thing is if you know the story it's like um fairies every time a fairy drops dead it's because someone says they don't believe in fairies so the counter strike to that is chanting I do believe in fairies over and over again could maybe revive a fairy. Yeah. And it does. It saves Tinkerbell. Peter is ecstatic and he ends up flying over to the ship and he kind of goes undercover and he's hiding with the Lost Boys on the ship. Um, yep. And then... He's like freeing them. Yeah, he's untying them with Wendy. And then... um. When Hook comes back, because he was having, I think originally he was having Wendy walk the plank. And when she, like, gets tipped over off the boat, Peter saves her. And then they start untying the kids. So by the time Hook 
is paying attention again. Like now all the pirates and lost boys are fighting each other and Pan and Hook are fighting each other. And there's, this is like the big moment where Hook is using um, all of Peter's weaknesses against him. And earlier when Wendy was forced to tell a story to the pirates on the ship, uh, he basically got the secret of how Peter's able to fly or how you can fly with um, fairy dust. It's not just happy thoughts. And um, he uses that to his advantage. So now Hook is flying around the ship with Peter and they're fighting. And Hook, he brings up like this scenario to Peter and he says, you go to Wendy's window, but she's a grown woman. And she's, mm-hmm. there's this guy there and she calls him husband and she has her own family and you're still just a little boy. And, yeah. and like kind of delves into these deeper fears of what he could yeah. be missing out on. Well, because he's trying to get him to not think any happy thoughts. Yeah. So now he's, and then it's like, gets brutal. And he's like fucking using his hook and like bashing him on the head. And he's got yeah. like blood coming down his head and his face. That's <laughs> like very aggressive. Good God, this is brutal. And then Peter's like thrown to the ground of the ship and he's like And everyone there. stops fighting. Yeah, because it's like, I'm, they're all like, is Peter dead? And then Hook, um, Wendy does something where she tries to go over to him and Hook pulls her back and she says, I just want to say goodbye. I, wanna I just want to give him a thimble. I want to give him a thimble. And he goes, okay. He's like, what a girl. And then he throws her down there. So then she she says, what is the line she says to him? I want to give you this. It's something like, I want to give this to you and it will always be yours or something. Something like that because her, she's talking her about her kiss, kiss because they they talk about the kiss being a physical thing that you give someone. Yeah. Like, like it's in the corner of your mouth. It's not just like a, it's right. a, a more. So she's like gifting him this first kiss of hers. Which I think was probably his. Probably. He's a lost boy. He's not hanging out with girls all the time. So then this causes him to uh, turn pink, which is my favorite part. <laughs> it is. She tells me every it's time. So, it's so sweet. And he's like super pink and sparkly, which is just the best thing ever. And then. He explodes and he's like magically rejuvenated, which is hilarious. It's like, you know, in Chronicles of Narnia, when Lucy's got the, the drops of healing, mm-hmm. but it's just Wendy goes around kissing people. Yeah. <laughs> and like now he's rejuvenated with love, the power of love. And um, he's even more happy and childish than before and is now defeating Hook and saying you're old, ugly, old alone done for and then all the kids are chanting that and then he finally comes to terms with the fact that he's old alone done for <laughs> same and falls into the pits of the crocodile's stomach who's been hanging around the boat the whole time <laughs> yeah um so now hook's dead and then they captain the ship yep. to go back to the darling's house where all the lost boys appear i will say it's very sad the mother like wakes up so often thinking that the kids are in their beds and they're not that when the kids are that actually when the kids there, are actually there, she thinks that she's still dreaming. Yeah, it's really sad. And the kids are like, "What the fuck, mom?" And then she comes back in, and they're standing there, and she starts screaming and crying and yeah. hugging them. It's very sweet. I know. It's rough. So now, now they're all reunited. The Lost Boys did end up going with Wendy and John and Michael. And Wendy's like, "Can we keep them?" And the dad's like, "Oh fuck it, sure." Well, well, because the the funny part <laughs> oh, is yeah. like the dad says he goes, "Think of 
think of the neighbors think of the expense and then he and then he goes oh no it's the aunt who says that and then the dad goes dash the neighbors <laughs> and dash the expense and then one of and then michael like dumps out a bag of pirate treasure and he's like will this help father and he's like anyone want a pony ride yeah because he's like now we're rich um but peter obviously has decided not to join them and is going back to neverland with tinkerbell well, and here's what what i just realized while we were watching peter is standing at the window floating at the window i guess yeah um and this is when he says the line to live would be an awfully big adventure yeah something like that and then tinkerbell pulls his hair tinkerbell is a bitch <laughs> peter probably was thinking about it and tinkerbell was like no no look at me look at me well, that's I, I float. I'm a, that's what i'm mm, saying is I i'm think, a jewel look at me i think i think tinkerbell doesn't want to be alone i know but i think tinkerbell is the real villain of the story too. because based on like the play it seems like tinkerbell kidnaps peter yeah. and she's like a, she's lonely she's a lonely fairy and wants mm-hmm. wants this guy to be her friend which and i then, mean the, the disney tinkerbell paints her not like the, the tinkerbell in peter pan the original but like the tinkerbell movies paint her in a better light right. for sure but yeah. like if you think about it yeah tinkerbell is just a very lonely misunderstood fairy, fairy who just it's wants true. company and so then when a boy wants to run away she's like okay then you're mine Right. And so that's why she gets so overprotective and like when Wendy is and jealous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. So like a good point that alone was kind of like just watching that just now, even like even when we were watching it, rewatching it for the billionth time, I like it didn't really dawn on me. But like he's literally saying what they're about to do sounds like a great time. Yeah. And Tinkerbell's like, no, let's go back to Neverland. So you never have to grow up and I never have to be alone. Yeah. It's very depressing. And then slightly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Then we get the best scene where Aunt Millicent shows up late. He couldn't find the house. Yeah. He's like, because Aunt Millicent is there in the doorway and then slightly shows up in the door and she says, oh, what's the matter? And he's like, I couldn't find the house. And now that everybody's adopted, they don't want me. Which bullshit. You could have very quickly been like, hey, what about me? And they'd be like, come on in. They would have just taken him. And then Aunt Millicent's like, well, because Tinkerbell Tinkerbell goes and whispers in Millicent's ear yeah she like gives her a little spell of pixie dust where she's like his name is slightly and then it's almost like tinkerbell saying i don't want this kid to come back <laughs> yeah i hate this kid and then aunt mills is like is your name slightly and he goes yes how did you know she goes i, I could feel it, it in my bones. bones and melissa and i quote that to each other yeah, on the daily we basis. always say i could feel it in my bones because then she's like, I'll be your mother. And then she basically adopts slightly, which is cute. but Very cute, but also a little was, weird. It but was stupid. Whatever. <laughs> what is your moral of the story? There's so many that we've wow. literally talked through throughout the whole thing. I know. There's great, great morals all around. Um, I'm surprised we didn't talk longer about this than we actually have. Well, that's because we have technical difficulties. And that's we're trying true. And now we're tired. Run, <laughs> we're trying not to run into it again. I guess my moral of the story... Let's see. Hmm. I'm going to say, I guess I'll just, I mean, I feel like you're probably going to do the same thing, is to live would be an awfully big adventure, which is kind of the whole point. I mean, she, Wendy's trying to tell Peter that growing up is a part of life, and there's so much more to life than just what he does in Neverland as a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people do. I romanticize my childhood. Mm-hmm. It's like just people 
you know, you think of like, oh, when I was a kid, I was young and free and wild. And it's like, you don't have to tell me about romanticizing your childhood. I literally have a whole corner dedicated to my childhood. Yeah. In my room. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is you always think back as a fond thing. Yeah. But like life as a whole is a big adventure. And I guess maybe living in the present is a good moral of the story. Yeah. I think though, when it gets hard because like you think about it, like, you right now are living future use past. Yeah. So like at some point in my life, I'll look back at these moments and be like, oh, such a fond memory I have of like doing a podcast have with you... my sister or whatever. Yeah. Um, And it is very hard to like, it's hard to live in the present, but it's also very hard to let go of the past. Yeah. Have you ever listened to Boz Lerman's uh, speech for like a graduating class? Where I don't think so. They turned it into a song called Everybody Wear Sunscreen or Everybody's Supposed to Wear Scrun... I can't Scun-screen? speak. Sunscreen? Shut the fuck up. Everybody Should Wear Sunscreen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the whole speech is... It's very good, but it's him saying... You know, there's a lot of lines in there where he says... Uh, when you look mm-hmm. back at pictures, you'll go... Oh, I looked so young. And like, as time goes on, you'll think your present self looks so young and... Stop trying to achieve that and just be yeah. in the present. It's a good it's a good speech. My moral so, of the story uh, Hook is Hook is a narcissist and that's what the moral of the story is, right? Moral of the story, <laughs> I, I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna take it from the cartoon um, okay. of the dad seeing the ship and being like, Oh, I saw something like that. When Once I when kid. I was a kid, yeah. Um and it just being more of a adults don't have to be like what an adult was like growing up you know what i mean like you don't have to be oh i work a desk job and i'm very serious and i don't i'm not weird anymore and i don't have hobbies like you don't have to be a by the book adult like you can be well that's technically what the dad does at the end of this movie too where he's like all excited he's like who cares carrying all the kids on his back like Mm -hmm. a little kid yeah yeah so don't don't force yourself to grow up so fast but also don't be afraid don't be stuck in the past (laughs) yeah don't be afraid of growing up yeah because growing up, I'm still a child, <laughs> so <laughs> I may be an adult and have to pay taxes, but I am still a child in my mind and my heart. All right, bye. You're 23. Shh.